Hello and welcome to season eight, episode five of the Euphoria podcast. Um, the title of this episode is called Misfits Managed, uh-huh. but we actually have Candy Floss, who is the head coach of Misfits. Um, this is actually a Harry Potter reference. Mischief Managed is the reference we were going for, and that was a reference to the fact that my co-host here, Cadrill, looks like Harry Potter. Hashtag r slash shitty podcast details, movie details, whatever the equivalent is. Um, do you like it when I wing the intro or do you prefer when I write something ahead of time? No, 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 this is fine. <laughs> this is fine. I just didn't expect you to call me Harry Potter in the first sentence. Well, I, you I know, like it how you shake it up every week. Yeah, well, I thought I did last week too, but you know what? I repeat words on cast. I'll repeat intro jokes here and there. Yeah. Until you buy new glasses. But those of... glasses do actually look very good on you. Just the downside oh, is the, the Harry Potter. Yeah, every time I stream, everyone comes in. It's like, oh, it's budget Harry Potter again. Back at it. I mean, why are you budget? Harry Potter never got No, challenger. Harry Potter is budget cage. I already tweeted this. Yeah, that's that's probably true. Expelliarmus, mate. Have to be seen fair, my it, it's budget cage, but it's a much big, he did have a much bigger budget than I think you have probably had. To be fair, it's not about the budget; it's about the skill. He's set. like rich it's in a, the story, and the movies were expensive. He, he to can make. he can make magic, but can he make magic in solo queue? That's true. No, he can't. Also, one v one me on the rift, buddy. What? Just calling out Daniel Radcliffe like that. All right. Side note: Why he was hella rich? Why did he never just hire magic bodyguards? Anyway, that's that's for our other podcast uh, called Harry Potter. We got a lot of things to talk about. Now it's <laughs> Harry Potter and sources. <laughs> We got a few things. To yeah, talk about. we got. We're we're just gonna have to make an off-topic podcast. Uh, the decision was split on sauces. We'll get back to you guys on sauces, depending on maybe that's an end of season episode. Once we're just like recapping before worlds, um, before we do proper worlds content. But for now, we'll stay sauce-free. Did you know if you fill a swimming pool up, I think of mustard, you can walk over it or something. No, I didn't know that. Something but the, like that. The absolute lack of confidence with which you delivered that fun fact. I remember seeing a video when <laughs> I was younger about okay. it. I'm sure someone will know it. Ooh, it's a weird mood today. YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. That's where the sauce is. Um, coming up this week, we've got Candy Floss. He is the head coach of Misfits. He's going to talk to us a little bit about kind of what he is bringing to the team, Misfits uh, on the rise, and what to expect in the weeks to come. Um, totally excited to have him on the show. He and Cage will go way back. We're also going to talk yeah. a bit about week four because it was a very weird week but addition to that we're going to talk about mid-split mvp they talked about it a bit on broadcast we're going to sign who we think mid-split mvp is and we're going to walk through each team and talk about who their mvp for that team specifically is Mm -hmm. as well so a lot to cover but oh also week five is happening so we'll talk about week five wow really all over the place today first this is why i'm all over the place it's got me shook folks it's and it's not literally shook in this case. It is the surprise rise of Excel. It was a 2-0 week for Excel. And that in itself, with new players coming in, is not completely and totally crazy. But they did take down Vitality and G2, two teams that they are now tied with in a four-way tie for fifth, <laughs> which also includes Astralis. And each of them are four and five. Um, and it's the halfway point. So And it's the halfway point. So Cadrill. Yeah. What how do you I I'm I I struggle to find the words to appropriately describe how I feel, mostly confused. Um but I don't want to talk about Strauss, I don't want to talk about Vitality, I don't want to talk about G two in this moment. I want to talk about Excel. What did you think? Markoon and Advian coming in, how did you feel about this debut? I mean the debut against G two was great, wasn't it? Markoon just came in with the biggest balls I've ever seen, just d- dives mid twice, takes TP, runs top, gets a kill top after using the TP with Nuke Duck and then yeah, he just played through his win condition. Nuke Duck was on the blank, um, and he played towards it. And I think that he had a fantastic game against um, against G2. Um, the Vitality game was even, I wouldn't say better, in terms of actual macro decisions or, like, getting the game ahead. But, like, 
it was really, really well drafted and planned. And you pick TF into Akali, you play Lee in TF, really strong mid jungle. It's revealing Akali really hard, I think, for a leader of that game to play Akali into like Galio, TF, Lee Sin. Yep. Um, and then all across the board, really, really strong draft, I think. Um, Markun's Lee Sin was great. Um, his body bear was better. You guessed it right. It's Markun, Mr. Mark Yetter. Need to nerf something soon. Gwen. Wow. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I was trying to rhyme there. Bar bars. Yeah, you, you got him. It's also Mark Getter doesn't work on the team anymore. It's Jeevan now. Riot Jag is the new Mark Getter. Oh, really? We're going to have to adjust our memes. Damn it. So it's Mr. Jag? No. So it's Riot Jag. Sindhu, I think is how he pronounced his last name. I do not want to mispronounce his name. Jeevan, you're a homie. I can't believe I don't remember how to pronounce your last name. Uh, we'll figure it out. But Jeevan is the new um, Mark. So... Okay. That isn't you, Mark. We'll, we'll, we'll think about that. We'll update. In, in we have to future. update your memes. Update your memes. Mark Yetta works on the MMO now. Uh, yeah. No, I've been talking a lot about... Um, I think. Uh, maybe. <laughs> the wow. MMO looks pretty pog, though. I was talking a lot about... <laughs> we haven't um, seen anything. What do you mean? Yeah, the looks, gonna... looks cool. <laughs> and it's League of Legends MMO. It's you're going to make people gonna be think we have things to leak. Don't say Dude, things. We don't have anything to, to leak. It. I can't wait. Anyway, back um, on topic because we're clearly weird Weird yeah. today. I just spoke a lot about Markun, but Advien also had a great uh, debut. Sure, You know, the Thresh, the Galio looked fantastic. Um, I think that this was a long thing coming for Exile when these players were checking all the boxes in yeah. terms of what you want from a national player. I've we've said it before, you know, um, really high in Soak, UMass Finals, all that. Um, development is good. Young players, I'm sure with the players around them like Patrick and Nuke Duck, these kind of veterans who know what they're doing, really, really reliable carries, they can be a bit crazy. Absolutely. And I think for Excel, probably a little bit sad that this didn't happen sooner. Understand again that they didn't want to jump the gun. But now that they've uh, made it happen, probably realizing this was the star that they should have gone for the entire time. And really, when we look at it, Cadrell, is this, I have to ask you, okay. you're the expert here. Is this the team that makes playoffs? Yeah, is this the team that makes I mean, I'm not trying to roast uh, you. I'm just asking, is this the team that makes playoffs? Cadrell, what's the problem? Um, Were you the problem? Ooh. You were. I mean, you you could have been a problem. You were certainly not the only problem, as we've learned. Okay. Well. Yeah. Okay. We'll leave that topic around the discussion. We got a lot to talk about on different podcasts. Um, let's think here. Uh, Are they going to make playoffs? Well, the issue I have with making playoffs is, um, right now, the way I see it personally, right now, um, is Rogue, Misfits, Fnatic, Mad. I think they're pretty much locked into playoffs. Not locked, Mm -hmm. obviously, Mm -hmm. statistically, Mm -hmm. mathematically, whatever. But I think just given the teams, given like Misfits, maybe they fall off a bit, but they have enough wins to supplement that. As long as they can beat. Like Schalke and SK, they're basically in. Yeah, Short of some crazy tiebreakers, right? They should be all right. Um, then G2, you can never really doubt G2. They've had a slump. I still think G2 is going to make playoffs. Uh, I think G2 is going to bounce back really uh, luck- unlucky or like rocky, I would say, a couple of weeks. So we'll say there's five teams in playoffs, but there's only six that can make it. So now it's literally XL versus Vitality versus Astralis versus Schalke. Um, now, obviously, I think XL and Vitality stand out the most out of those those four uh, teams. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I think it's a battle between XL and Vitality. I think this is where we're going to see the last playoff spot. Now, XL is always dueled against teams for the last playoff spot. I can speak from my uh, myself. It's always Schalke. <laughs> it's always Schalke that knocked them out of playoffs. Last year in summer, um, Schalke Miracle Run knocked out of playoffs. What's hilarious is the schedule is perfect for this because they XL play Schalke and Vitality in the same week. That's week seven. Ooh, that's a big week for, that is for the everyone. Biggest week. That is a big week. Um, and Vitality right now, uh, a little bit inconsistent, I have to say. I think a lot of people have been saying that, you know, high highs, low lows uh, in terms yeah, of for who sure. they're winning against. Um, so if they can find that consistency, I'm sure they can contest and they'll be fine. But in terms of the playoffs race, there's only, to me, one spot left. Um, and that's between Excel and Vitality. Yeah. And obviously it's not, I don't think it is completely that cut and dry in the sense that no one is far enough ahead in the standings that it's not, it is possible for 
you know, like G2 Esports isn't there history, pedigree, quality of players, you assume. You can give them that they're going to break out of this 4-5 tiebreaker spot. I think Misfits and Rogue are easy just because when you're at 7-2 mm-hmm. and you've beaten consistently all the bottom teams, like you're going, you're going to be able, more likely than not, going to do that again. Now, it is important to note that like the bottom teams are starting to ramp up. SK is kind of the only one still um, lagging behind. We'll see if that project improves at all. In the meantime, they're kind of just... Sadly for them, um, the league the league punching bag. And just to, just to, for the vitality point, um, you have a weekend where you beat, I think it was G2 and Mad, I want to say. Yeah, G2 and Mad. And then you lose the next weekend to Astralis and XL. That's the kind of inconsistency I'm looking at. I mean, obviously there's a lot of context to those games, but just in terms of strength of teams from the outsource kind of uh, view, yeah, they need to find some more consistency for sure. Certainly do. And so for Excel, I think this week will be a big determining factor in if they can sustain the momentum of bringing in new players. We've seen a lot of honeymoon periods. Um, the Shook effect, the Gilius effect, the Kickus effect. There's so many. Usually it's the a jungler. Effect. The Cadrel effect. Um, usually there's a jungler that gets subbed in and then a team goes on like a surge. And then more often than not, that team shortly after crashes and burns. Um, but there's that honeymoon period where things are fresh, things are new. You know, it's, it's the spark is there. It's a brand new romance. Um, I don't know what the cadrel affected, but it did something somewhere in the world. That, yeah, yeah. I don't know why you just add yourself to that list of. Players. I love it how you just kept on. I was doing, the yeah, effect. sure. The cadrel. I just effect. snuck it in there. Right and I was there. Like, yeah. Plus, <laughs> why? <laughs> how we always? All right. I'm gonna give that one to you. But you're you're ram jamming your name into a lot of things today. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Anyway, now Excel played Mad and Fnatic this week, and this is a massive week. And I think the big thing is is that outside. Excel do not have an easy week ever. Like they never have a week where you look at their opponents and go, wow, that's super free. And I think part of that is because we have an incredibly, incredibly, incredibly competitive table right now. Yeah. Schalke, while they are the only team are currently in ninth, this massive four-way tie for fifth is, even if we say Astralis, because obviously I think I remain skeptical about Astralis. I think most of us do. Even if we say Astralis isn't there, like we're still looking at a top, basically a top eight that all look pretty solid, mm-hmm. right? And I think that that to me, and not like there's a there are top two, Misfits and Rogue, and I think maybe we could put Fnatic up there too, but past those three, I'm not confident in anybody's ability to 2-0 a week consistently. Like really, I think that anyone could upset anyone. And it's not that those teams aren't good enough to close out games, it's just that it's been proven, at least so far in the split, that anyone can upset anyone and that's the nature of best of one best of one it's just how it goes you can never really be perfect no matter who you are in best of ones you're gonna eventually lose a best of one doesn't matter who it's against if it's in the same league similar caliber of players you're always gonna have that off game or unlucky game or the game where the enemy team had more innovation or they cheese you whatever it may be um you always are gonna drop a game but i think for xl just going back to that it's a little bit messy here but just the last point on xl is xl schedule for the last time for the history of time that i can remember every single time in the last super week it's always rogue g2 uh fanatic or it's always like rogue g2 um someone and so that means to me that they need to pick up wins early yep. um they did beat g2 and rogue in sp- in spring in that super week but i think that if you're looking at xl look at them picking up the early wins whereas if you're looking at vitality look at vitality to pick up the later wins because in the later weeks vitality play astralis and, and shalka uh, and those kind of teams so XL need to get off to a good early start and Vitality can take it a little bit slower, I think, in terms of that sixth place race uh, that uh, I think those two teams are fighting for. Yeah, and regardless, it's going to be neck and neck. Now, one team that we're kind of giving the benefit of the doubt to, despite being 4-5 currently, is G2 Esports. It was a rough week, um, ultimately, you know, coming out in this week with an 0-2 
and I think the Excel game was kind of rough. Excel game, I feel like that they look back on that one like, wow, we just played poorly. But the the Misfits game especially was the craziest game of the week uh-huh. by far. And I think despite the fact that G2 lost it, that to me was overall a more positive look for G2 than we've seen in a lot of the previous weeks. That's and, my take. What yeah. do you think? I mean, they're on a four-game losing streak now, right? So yeah. out of all those four losses, that was the, the game that they should have won and they looked the best in. Um, I think G2 have a lot of problems right now um, from an outside perspective. I'm sure they are working on those problems internally and i can't say completely what those problems are but just from my perspective i feel like when there is everyone has a different problem going on for example uh when there is i feel like getting caught up a lot on side lanes for no reason maybe just kind of over aggression or just communication being dropped off in those points in the game um yankos his early game i think he's been struggling a bit he's falling a little bit behind i don't think he's uh the biggest problem on g2 in terms of individual strength i think he's playing fine i just think the early games are a little bit weak especially against xl where he like pats top loses crab loses raptors loses bots crab and now he's a level down already yeah um as an example um and then him pairing up with mickey it looked good in the first few weeks if you cast your mind back to the first few weeks where they just keep pincering towards mid and ganking for caps it feels like they were doing that pretty well which is a g2 classic but if you look at the last couple of games, especially, you know, the XL game or the Vitality game, it feels like Caps is the one being ganked first. We'll say we'll use the word ganked in this context or the one being collapsed on first by the jungle support or being dove first. Um, and G2 are always there to respond rather than be proactively there. If you think of old G2, you know, Mickey on Blitzcrank just hooking enemy mid laners and helping Caps get kills or even the Mad Lions game where Jankos is playing Zinzao, he's always mid first. I feel like G2 are never really mid first. So Caps is the one kind of taking the brunt of the of the strength of the, the jungle support mid in the early game. And I think that could be because Yankos is falling behind. Mickey's not really grouping up with Yankos as much. That's a problem to me. Um, Caps, the lane phase, uh, could be a lot safer, I have to say. But he's Caps. He's always going to play aggressive. I think that he's still trying to push his leads. But um, if you look at his actual laning stats, they're good. But if you look at his actual overall stats in terms of damage, you know, I'll use KDA in this context just for an ex- as, as an example. He's dying a lot. And I think the reason he's dying a lot is because they keep playing around yeah. mid. And his team's really never well, there to respond in time in the last few few games. And he has the most deaths of any mid laner in our league right now at 34. The next person in line is Humanoid. And the difference there for me is that Humanoid's had a lot of games where he's kind of stepped up in, in solo carry, right? Where yeah. he's really been the defining factor. Now, you're right. The lane stats are there. He's definitely not doing too bad in CSD on average. But that said, I agree. It feels especially bad. And people brought this up when we talked about Yankos last week and kind of took him out of our top five for for the jungle tier. So a lot of people were frustrated because it's like, oh, you know, but he's doing a lot for his lanes. And the thing is that's difficult is that despite the fact that Yankos and Mickey are kind of roaming all the time, we're still not seeing crazy lane dominant performances from the laners that they are in theory freed up to support. Mm, and I think that individual prowess was what was helping them a lot throughout the last few years. I mean, even Yanko said in a stream that they're not getting bad, teams are getting better. And you can see that in the lane sets, you know, just teams like Rogue, Mad Lions, we've seen those last year, they're getting better. So they need to make sure they work as a unit more, but that working as a unit is not really coming together very well. It's not gluing together to me. So then as I just finish going through the list of individual problems that I'm seeing, we'll finish up with the bot lane, uh, Reckless. Now, the point I want to make here with Reckless is when G2 is winning, Reckless is extremely proactive and he wants to look for things and he's actually really aggressive on midwaves and jumping in, you know. So if you look at the last four games, for example, in those four games, he got a combined total of three kills in those four games. You look at his wins, nine kills, nine kills, six kills. Now, looking at kills is never a really good stat to look at. But if you look at the context, Reckless is playing extremely safe in their losses. He's playing to like, I don't know. He's he's not playing to... Yeah, yeah, we, we talk about this all the time. We, yeah. this, is, this is a really common thing in, in a lot of in any kind of game, right? Where it's, you're playing not to lose as opposed to playing to win, Yeah, right? And, you know, you, you get some players who will play to win where 
they will completely run it down on the outside, but they're actually genuinely trying to do things on the map. Whereas Reckless, I feel like when they're losing, he's waiting for his team to do something and then he'll follow up rather than being the one to go first. Is that, do you think that that's inherent within the role of, of marksman, AD carry, whatever you want to call it? Like, because I would argue, my only my only counterpoint to that is because I, I see what you're talking about, right? Uh -huh. And I think that I'm inclined to agree, but I, I was never a pro AD carry. And so I could, I wouldn't be surprised if the logic there is, I am fine if other people on my team want to make crazy plays, but I don't have CC. The best thing I can do is get three items so that I'm there when that person makes that crazy play that mm -hmm. is a bit of a flip and, and back that up. Like, is there room for that logic to apply? Or do you think, like, regardless of that, like, he still needs to be more willing to to kind of do more? I think the logic applies to the champion you're playing. So, for example, if he's playing Jinx and Jin, which he was in those two games, I think those champions are more reliable hyper carries in a sense. Where Jin, you can play for the lane, but if the lane falters, then you're more of a follow-up with ultimate, so you need your team to go in first. Jinx, very similar. Jinx is a hyper carry. You want to not make mistakes, essentially. Go even or ahead in your lane, get out of lane, farm up, wait for your team to make plays. Then on the other side, if you play things like Kai'Sa Tristana, which he was playing, especially when you're pairing it with like Leona or Thresh or, or these engaged supports, um you're the ones who have to be proactive just look at their drafts for example you know we'll take two examples mundo diana lucian tristana leona who's the engage there well diana can be the engage but who's the follow-up it's the tristana leona so those two points of engage you have so making picks all comes down to tristana leona in a sense you know mm -hmm. you have to push out mid and look for that play or actually try to catch someone out and initiate a fight for a pick you look at their other drafts you know gwen Lee Sin, silas kaisa leona similar kind of thing yes Lee Sin can find the picks but leona can also do that as well and kaisa can be a good follow-up so um I don't want to put too much uh, flack on Reckless to say like, oh, he's playing for KDA or whatever, but you can just see a very specific trend where in their losses, he's playing safe to the point where he wants to be a reliable source for his team. But being that reliable source doesn't make up for the fact that they're losing the game already. So I would love to see some more proactivity in general um, in, in terms of just trying to find things. Um, now, obviously, it's a very hard thing to do to just find a pick or find a kill. Sure. But at least trying, you know, or, or dying for it, or even just trying to set up crazy bush flanks, whatever it is, you know, there's yeah. lots of context. Rather try is. something and fail than, than play passively. Yeah, and I think finding, f finalizing here with Mickey. I think Mickey's been playing pretty good. I barring agree. that one Pantheon game that he had against Fnatic, even in that game with the pick that people were like, wow, he's a bad pick. He was getting his team really far ahead. He's really sending it a lot to try and get his team ahead. Uh, he's been making mistakes here and there, but I think Mickey has been probably the most consistent player on G2 in my eyes. Well, and then let's talk about that because our next topic of conversation, because as much as G2 have been struggling, the big thing that we want to talk about today is mid-split MVPs. Now, we can talk overall about who the great candidates are, but to break this up and give us an opportunity to talk about each of the teams, even some of the ones that we haven't hit yet, we wanted to assign one player from each team that we feel is their MVP for the first half. So the most valuable player on that team, and then from there at the end, we'll decide who is the most valuable player in the context of the league. And, and just, sorry, just to finish off on this G2 point, I think that there's a lot of easy things for them to fix. I think if there's any team that's going to bounce back, it will definitely be G2. Because certainly. they've shown it before, you know, slumps happen and I think that they're going to come together and they're probably going to make playoffs. They're probably going to be the classic G2 and best of fives. They're going to be a different beast. Well, um, And yeah, I definitely don't doubt them at this point, but just looking across the board holistically, that's my, uh, my, my point of view from the outside. And I think that that's totally valid. And again, I think that if ultimately all of these things are fixed, it will not change the fact that they were a problem in week four or that they were a problem in week three. You know what I mean? Like just because I believe in G2 to be successful doesn't mean that they're not struggling right now. And I think not in a way that has been historically where it's like, ha ha ha, best of one, let's mess around. Like they really look lost. And I yeah. think that that is every right to to call that out, right? This is not the G2 these that was- happy to little losses anymore. Yeah, these aren't, it's, this is not the G2 that was untouchable because they won everything and they kept winning everything. This is, we are now in a world where G2 did not win the last split. And so while they still get a ton of the benefit of the doubt, they don't get everything. 
They don't just get to um, run it or have bad games or make big throws without people asking And you questions. can see it in their faces, you know. They're really disappointed in these losses yeah. on the player cams after. Yeah. So they are taking these games pretty hard, I think. Especially a four-game losing streak must be, uh, yeah. It's tough. That said, with a 4-5 scoreline, we do need to talk about who the most valuable player on G2 is. Now, I, I'm, I'm inclined, especially given that we just ran through each of the players. I think it's probably Mickey X as Mr. Consistent. I think that they're... Is, there's probably other arguments. I don't know. What do you feel, Cadro? I'm 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 leaning towards Mickey. Yeah, I've looked at all the bad things for these players. Now I want to look at the good things. You know, just really quick hits. Wunder, fantastic lane phase. I think he's been doing really well in lane, especially sure. in the early game. Uh, Yankos, in terms of team fights and making sure that he's at the right place at the right time most of the time. I think he's been doing really well. He's been dropping the ball a lot around neutral objectives, though. I think, especially heralds when they're cross mapping. Um, Caps again, lane phase, reckless, Mister Consistent, lane phase. It's all kind of lane phase for G2 in the early stages, which is going pretty well for them. Um, it's really hard to pick a MVP on G2 um, right now, but I would lean to... Oh, it's hard to say. Uh, I would lean, yeah, towards Mickey, uh, I guess. Uh, Reckless has been playing good at the start of the split, you know, but I he's mean, been slowing down a bit. I think the thing is, is it's really easy to pick an MVP when a team is winning a lot, right? Because it's a mad... Then it's like a cornucopia. It's like, who did the best thing? When a team is in the middle of the pack, I think it's much harder because no, no, you, more often than not, no one player is playing perfect right like league of legends is a team game and and always as always when we try to judge a player in isolation or, or credit a player in isolation i think that there is it's not a perfect it's not a perfect science yeah and i think in isolation there's a lot of arguments for each of these players in g2 to be the mid-split mvp for that team you know uh, whether it's consistency strong lane phases good team fighting overall i would agree I, I guess i would say yeah mickey um i think that there's not much of a like a gap between players like you know yankos and reckless who i think are definitely up there um, but I think the people who are struggling the most definitely wondering caps. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I would I would agree with Mickey. I like Mickey. I think ultimately for these middle of the pack teams, it's not they're they haven't shown us the most that they have to show us, right? And so it's not they it, it's not like when we talk about mid split MVP overall, I think that to me that really means something. Whereas these like little mid split team MVPs is more just an indication of who to watch on the team rather than like a concise one player answer as to like the only player that matters or the only player that's making a difference because i just don't think that that's um unfair to the teams that said why don't we shift over to one that we'll just do excel now too because we talked about excel earlier we can do hit that one and then we can go to some of the teams we haven't talked about yet mm -hmm. excel i i think it's hard to say because it's been one week with markun and advian it wouldn't surprise me if at the end of the split we were talking about them as the mvps for excel as the two players who've come in always very easy to be like wow, this player is the MVP when they literally weren't there and the team was doing bad and then they show up and the team starts doing better. But who on you, who do you on Excel stands out as like as a rock, as the form of consistency, as the strongest player on this lineup right now? would have to be Nuke Duck, I'd say. Uh, the, the jungle support got swapped out. Marco Nadvian could be pop-off players. You know, they probably yeah. might be carrying Excel or making that change that Excel needed to get them to playoffs. Uh, Patrick, he's got a new support now. Uh, he didn't look too comfortable in the game, so I won't say Patrick just yet. I don't doubt his abilities. Uh, and then cries as well. A little bit of hiccups in lane phase, uh, just in terms of like dying to ganks here and there, or you know, not having as much impact as another player on the team, which is Nuke Duck. Mm -hmm. I think Nuke Duck's the one who's driving Excel. Um, even in their wins last weekend on the TF on the LeBlanc, he was like the biggest piece of the puzzle for me. Yeah. That kind of came things together. Even like Markoon was like, it feels like Markoon was that early game piece that Nuke Duck was missing to help his lane phase, and then he was the one who kind of was just unlocked on the map. Even the Azir plays every win, it feels like Nuke Duck's the one to look at. And I think that's a really solid point because the Azir games at the start of the season, even when 
a lot of other stuff was going wrong. The reason Excel was able to pick up any wins at all was because of, I think, Nuketuck and on that this year, those big moments. And I agree. I think Patrick's another name that we'll, we'll have to look at, kind of. Uh, but it's hard to do so in isolation again because he plays a duo lane, right? And so I think Nuketuck yeah. is, to me, the clear standout. And the fact that he did get to pop off on LeBlanc, like, I'm excited. I am one to jump too, too too soon onto the narrative train. I'm not going to tell you it's year it's of the duck. It's a decade of the duck. But what I will say is this, is that the last time that Patrick and Nuke Duck were really good, they lost to G2 in the finals. You know what I mean? Like, But they made it there. But they made it there. Right? That, that duo carry worked really well for Origin. Now, admittedly, there was also an Alfari on that team. <laughs> you know what I mean? So there is a there's a piece of that missing. But I will say that those two, when they perform, are top-level players in their respective roles. Now, I won't tell you that they're, like, number two. But I think they've always, Nuke Duck's always been looked at as a top three mid laner when he's really performing. I don't know if he's there yet, but that road has been, he's gone down that road before. And I would say that I am, I'm very optimistic for Excel right mm -hmm. now, which is not something, you know me, I'm, I'm a doubter generally. The, the whole never, doubter. yeah, the whole never making playoffs thing has, has burned a lot of bridges. It's just for set me. in stone now. It's hope, maybe not. Maybe this is a split where it's not. Maybe on the back of, of, a, of a man like Nuke Duck, Hopium, or, or I think it's, Maybe more copium than hopium at this point. I hope but they do it. You know, I genuinely, I genuinely hope they do it because just to break the curse, just to take that pressure yeah. off, so you're never known as. Because if you think of XL, they're just labeled as this team that has never made playoffs. Once you can break that label, that's great. I'll never be able to break it, unfortunately, unless I come back to pro it's play fine, one day. Bro, it's fine. <laughs> it's but good. It's, funny. it's, it's having funny. something to roast you about is is good. It makes you more personable in your otherwise very successful life. You know, people want you. people want. You, you got to get dragged back down to earth with the rest of us humans, there, Mister Ladder Climber. Okay. Um, okay. Astralis. Let's go there next. Uh, so I wrote little little like blurbs for each of these players on a document just so I could like collect my thoughts to make sure that I could keep up with uh, Mr. Lamont here. But um, for Astralis, I wrote question, 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 question mark. Um, I'm kind of leaning towards uh, towards Jeskla just because his like numbers are good. But ultimately, every Astralis early game is a disaster. Uh, yeah. Um, and I then was... it's just kind of then they win by team fights. So it's like. Already, it's hard to pick a single player. There's, there's three people standing out to me. There's okay, all right. White Knight, Zanzer, or Jeskla. White Knight standing out because of his Lee Sin performances. Actually, you know what? That's a really damn his good Lee point. His Lee Sin is really is, good. White Knight is very good at Lee Sin. Apart from his Lee Sin performances, they, they weren't fantastic, I must say. You know, there was that one Renekton game. But yeah, it's all Lee Sin. If you look at White, White Knight, uh, his, Ren his Renekton was fine. His, um, his Lee Sin was his standout pick, obviously. So White Knight, I'm leaning towards right now. Um, if I wasn't leaning towards White Knight, Zanzara, really good early games. Getting the plays happening. Well, not, well, I won't say really good because Astralis, like you said, their early games are weak. But he's playing things like Trundle Volibear to bridge them in an early game. Yeah. And if you look at their Vitality game, he was a really big factor in that. Um, and then Jeskla, I'm looking at for like the damage numbers. Now, damage doesn't really need context. When you're looking at a player with 32% of his team's damage, you know that he's playing things like, you know, Ezreal, Kaiser, you know, well, Cartus. Yeah. He's I, pumping out damage. Yes, they can be inflated with poke champions. No, no, no. But the um, thing the thing is, is that yeah. damage per minute is going to be inflated by poke champions. The damage per minute is the like... While it is champion dependent, that's like that's kind of the like upset likes to flex that stat and upsets a big. If you guys don't know, upset really likes stats. Like he likes to know. Like when people like to try to talk, DPM, suck, suck, when suck. people like to talk trash to upset, upset brings numbers. You know what I mean? Like this man brings the evidence when he wants to fight you about whether or not you think he's good or not. And I have I respect that. But damage share just shows more than anything your role within the team because G two are a team that's always had never no one's ever had an impressive damage share because everyone is doing damage. You know what I mean? But in the case of Jeskla, like he is clearly the guy that this team relies on to deal damage in fights. Regardless, I would say White Knight. 
I would I, say white I think lands. you're right. Because yep. I, I, I lean towards Jessica because the damage numbers were big, and I thought a lot about the team fighting context, and I think I, I lost sight of the just incredible amount of Lee Sin plays alone that White Knight has made this season too. Even in their losses. Even in their losses. He looks great on Lee Sin. Even the, in their losses. The clean kicks knocking people into the back line, keeping fights alive, keeping games alive when they should otherwise be ruined. And again, we're waiting and hoping to see more of that on other champions, but I think, yeah, I think White Knight is certainly the choice for Astralis. Is he a one-hit wonder with the Leeson? We'll find out when people start banning it against him. But for now, as long as it's open, Astralis, they're going to keep milking those wins. I mean, why not? You know what I mean? For I, If Astralis gets to... I will be stunned if Astralis gets to play off. I will be so, actually, so incredibly impressed because this, to me... I wrote them off the second they didn't make roster changes and last bit looked abysmal. But they're they're 4-5 now. They're already way better than they were last season. And that's, that is it's something. The, it's the white knight effect. The, the Leeson effect. The, the white knight effect, baby. Let's go. All right, Kedro, where do you want to go next? The, the world is your oyster. Uh, let's go to another Lee Sin performance standout and top lane carry to me. I think Schalke. Um, the immediate standout to me in Schalke is Broken Blade. I mean, how, how am I going to argue, bro? He's, um, he's, he's cracked. Yeah, he's I, don't, I don't think I need to say anything in terms of that. I mean, you just need to watch their games. Broken Blade is their main win condition in terms of not so much draft, but in their wins. Um, if you look at their wins against uh, Fnatic, uh, Schalke and G2, it's literally all Broken Blade. The yeah. G2 one stands out the, the most. The G2 one was literally actually uh, all Broken Blade. Okay, the G2 one was all Broken Blade. I don't want to say it was all Broken Blade, you know, because I think Nuclear Int had a great, great, great game on TF against um, against Fnatic when Niski was playing sure, uh, Akali and they had yeah. the TF to reveal him. Nuclear Int definitely man of the match there. But consistent factor in their wins on top of consistent factor in their losses, Broken Blade is the one that stands out to me. QA, very rough split so far. Nuclear Int had that one great game uh, on TF so far, so he needs, he needs to show us more. He has good rise performances, but his lane phase has always been pretty weak. Um, Neon and Limit have been dying a lot to be too here. They've been there. It, it's been kind of quiet. It's been a quiet season. Yeah, so, they tried to go back to the center one or two games, which I hated in spring, and I do not like anymore now. Yeah. So to me, it's it's broken, but consistent in losses, consistent in wins. Seems to be that rock that Schalke needs. And and I think while Kira is struggling, and that takes him out of the running for MVP on on the Schalke lineup, it also just further strengthens the solo laner's performance. You know, when when they're able to do so much. And, and don't get me wrong, in, in the game where he absolutely obliterated Wonder, like, Kyrie was coming top, Kyrie was backing him up, but he built the initial advantages alone. And that's one of those things that, like, that's one of those things that, like, you really want players to do when you highlight a player on a team. Because so much of League of Legends is absolutely a team game. And yes, there's matchup things to consider, Nocturne versus Set. But when players can, in a vacuum, build an advantage on their own without any greater macro, without any greater team play, like, that shit's worth a lot. Like, that's why we like the Shy so much, you know, and players like the Shy, players like Rookie back in, you know, the IG powerhouse yeah. days. Yeah. Um, oh, IG. Uh, <laughs> that's a separate talk for another time. <laughs> oh, IG. Um, um, yeah. Is the world still my oyster? The wor- you, you honestly, bro, you, you, you take me where you want to take okay, me. Okay, the, the thing the next one that stands out to me is a cl- clear cut one is Ooh. mad. You want to you go mad? I want to go, I want to go crazy. Okay, so we went to we went to the bar for some football, and now you're taking me out to some fine dining. We got the the three. It's just gonna be there's like fine it's dining. Fine, it's not be fine fine dining. It's I'm not taking fast you to food. Madrid. Taking me to Madrid. Oof. I prefer Barcelona. Sorry, Madrid people. Okay. I prefer I mean, Barcelona. I prefer but... Alicante. The real Spanish people know that. Oh my god. Because it's a, it's it's a bit smaller, but uh, yeah, Alicante. That's where I grew up. Alicante. I know. Oh my god. All right. Cl- close to Valencia. Come, yeah. All right. Fine. Good times. Alicante. Anyway, we're going to Madrid. Mad lines. Um. Go see Guernica. I think the one, the, the Sorry, one, what? the one, 
Okay. <laughs> That's where I cast my first final, Much Love Madrid. Anyway, really? uh, Mad Lions. Pog. Yeah, it was, it was super pog. I love the, the Spanish okay. fans. Were now, he's a player who grieves a lot, but he grieves for the good intention of winning the game for his team. <gasps> and it's... Okay, the, the game that stands out to most no, people in their minds is is the rogue game where he TPs and he comes in, wins a fight for them, gets some, um, and was it an L dragon or something? And then he TP'd in and died and they lost Baron. This, you mean this this last game? This game that literally happened yeah. last weekend. It yes. was humanoid. That was humanoid. Humanoid, to me, has been the standout performer um, so far. Um, I think he's been having probably one of the better splits he's ever had in a, in a regular season. Yeah. Um, I mean... Also attributed slightly to the meta, where Akali is now all of a sudden meta, where it wasn't last split. You know, Rise is meta, where it really kind of wasn't last split. Um, and he can play things like Lee Sin and Zoe and Orianna. So he's a bit more um, well-rounded in terms of what the meta provides, instead of just playing Orianna every game. Yeah. Uh, and just scaling for his team. You can see the impact he has on the games, on playmaking champions. Um, and although at the Rogue game, you know, he did that, that mistake with the TP... They were losing that game, and he, he almost did clutch it for the team. The Rise game in the loss against Vitality, he was literally carrying his whole team, in a sense, across the finish line. Uh, he has had a few hiccup games, yeah, for sure, but he's a player who I look to in Mad Lions to be like that that person who's going to try their, his hardest to win in the game. I think armut has been having a shaky split. Elioya has been decent here and there, I think. Definitely showing yeah. signs of last split, and Karzi Kaiser. Well, I think Kaiser is definitely in the running for this. Karzi is, uh, yeah... The only real good game he had was that last game. I well, yeah, I think he's had great moments. I think the thing is, is that we have, we've seen the duality of Karzi rear its head a lot this season. And that's yeah. going to be always the thing. When we talk about most valuable player, a lot of the times what we look at is consistency. And Humanoid, of course, isn't, isn't super consistent, right? But when he is doing well, he's doing so incredibly well that it balances Actually, out. I don't know, is it Humanoid or Kaiser? Now I'm doubting myself. They're both, oops, sorry, I just smacked my microphone. They're both really good. <sighs> I think it's, I think oh it's really hard. It's actually very hard. Now I, I think about it, Kaiser Kaiser's been playing really Kaiser good. is really consistent. Kaiser's really good. Kaiser's really consistent. Kaiser's really, really good. Kaiser's really consistent. Yeah, he's really good. Are we being blinded by all the flashy Akali humanoid plays? Maybe. Maybe a little bit. I mean it's just so much sexy that what supports he, get to do. He's the one with like the DPM, you know, the pop off. Yeah, fights. I mean support we don't have to be clear, like when it comes to stats, there are just not very many good stats for supports. It's really hard to track supports contribution. Yeah, I'm giving it to Kaiser. I, did, I, I made a decision. You're an executive decider? Yeah. I guess All right. Kaiser. I think it's between those two. Now, again, if you guys think we're absolutely griefing on any of these, feel free to call us out on Twitter or otherwise. Because this is actually, this is one where it's really hard. Most every other one I've been like, easy. Even the White Knight one, which I didn't initially thought. When you brought me out those least and things, that was easy. This one is very hard. I think it could go Kaiser. It could go Humanoid. Yeah. Damn. All right. Okay. I get to guide us. So you wanted... Um, no, your, your we, turn. We started, we it's went like, to the bar. It's like a game of tennis. Yeah, now we're up to some mid-tier dining. You know, it's like a night, it's like a chain restaurant, but it's like a solid chain restaurant. That's where Mad Lions are at Are we right having now. a dessert? Uh, no, we're going to go, we're going to a different kind of restaurant now. Now we're going to just go get just the sloppiest kebab you've ever seen in your life. And it's like, I love kebabs, don't get me wrong, but this right here, it's like a dollar fifty, uh -huh. right? They don't tell you what the meat is, and that's concerning. Because normally they're like, do you want the chicken, or do you want like the lamb, the cow, whatever. They don't tell you what it is, okay. and you don't see the meat, but it looks fine. Okay. But you're concerned. Okay. So we're going to talk about SK. Um, <laughs> which of the... what? Who Who is our concerned... Never mind, that metaphor isn't going to work the way I wanted oh, to. Man. We're, out, we're out for our shady kebab. It's going to be great. We've been drinking. You know, this yeah, is like yeah, the yeah. perfect food to end a night. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would love to tell you that they're a five-course meal. I would love to say that they've got their Michelin star. They do not. They absolutely do not. It's still a hot goddamn mess. Um, okay, SK. SK, I think this we one's pretty easy. 
I think this one's. I don't think it is. You know. Oh, okay. I'm well, okay. Challenge I, you on this I, one. I, I, I don't think it is. Okay, so I said, I said treats. treats. I knew it. I said Gen X. Gen X does have very good stats, and no. we're a sucker for the stats. Now look at the stats. You can look at them uh, yourself, but. Game of Legends, by the way, is a great resource if you guys haven't yeah. used it otherwise. Uh, like, League PD is the other big one we use. The, shout out to River. Shout out to um, Game of Legends. The thing that surprises me about his stats now, giving some context to them, you're on a team that's 1-8. and eight. Yeah. That you're would be the one. You're losing every single game. Now I'm going to throw some numbers out there. He's up 18 CS on average at 15, which is surprising to me when you're playing top lane especially, which is mostly like... The role after mid that probably takes the most brunt of the game because what basically happens is your bot lane's losing, they swap top, they take Herald, now all of a sudden you can't lane and you have to go bot or you have to lane only two. So that's a big reason why I should be top lane to like, he's well... He's also yet to play the same champion twice. Okay, another great point, right? So he's had, he's had a, a good champion pool. <laughs> Which now, is just cool. It doesn't really mean anything. It's just it's cool. cool. That's cool, yeah. Now, he doesn't have the highest numbers in terms of like kill participation and getting the team ahead, but in terms of like... I think there's a discussion here of Treats is actually trying to help SK win the game by making things happen in this new jungle role. And he's definitely struggling because his lanes, apart from top arguably, are pretty weak. But let's be clear, it's Treats, it's Treats or Gen X, right? Yeah, That's, it's those and then, two in And the then line. there's Gen X who's just like kind of sitting on his island, doesn't get much jungle attention, but then still has these crazy CS numbers, which if you look at them and you have no context, you'd think it's a player in like a, a middle pack slash top tier team. Probably top, honestly. Like, so Yeah, it's really hard to build those up if you're not getting... A lot yeah. of attention. So massive props to Gen X for having those stats. And if you look at the game, you can see it. He is on island, and it is never really much of a top diff in the games that SK lose. It's just kind of him farming. Then all of a sudden, the map falls apart from one team fight, and he's just stuck on his side lane the whole game while he watches the enemy team in the game. Um, so yeah, I would say Gen X retweets. Pick your poison, playmaking, trying to win the game, you know, actually trying to juggle these lanes. Or Gen X, who's just kind of sitting there. My team's losing. And I'm getting swapped on a lot, but I'm still up in CS, so suck on that, you know? Yeah, I think, I still think I'm leaning towards, it's actually hard, when you've only won one game, I mean, what is it, any of it? I made the executive decision on the mad one, so I'll allow you to make the executive decision on There's, the SK one. I mean, this is the problem, right? Is they just haven't won enough for me to be like, yeah, Gen X, you win lane, but your team's not winning games. True. You know what I mean? If they'd won like three or four games, and win, he, win lane, lose game. And then, then I'd be like, okay, well, then I feel either better or worse. Like, I'd have a clearer picture of, like, who is really carrying and who's really stepping up in these games. So, I'm inclined to give it to Gen X just because he's got good numbers in an otherwise struggling team. Now, yeah. he does get to play a lot of unique champions. He gets set up with a lot of unique lane matchups, and that is obviously a big strength. But, now I will say, just follow up, he doesn't do much with those numbers. Maybe there's a world where you could expect him to do more because he's winning two top and then have carry performances. There's, I, there's, but they've only won one game, so... And in that game, uh, I wouldn't attribute it all to him, uh, in a sense. I think that it I, was just... I, I take it back. It has to be Treats. It has to be Treats because Treats is doing well in a new role in his first split in a role that he doesn't really actually want to play for that much time. So normally I don't want to take in all those out-of-game factors, but in this case, to break the tie, I'm giving it to Treats. Because laning advantages are super, super great. If it's not enough to win the game or not enough to guild greater advantages for the team, not as important, but still, credit to Gen X. Gen X is absolutely second on this list. He deserves credit for being a solid player. But who's another candidate? Two hours. <laughs> Two hours is a good candidate. You're right. That... He's not in the league anymore, so he can't use it. But he had a, he had a pretty good... He had those first few games from two hours were really good. <laughs> Shout out to two hours. I hope you find a slot on a team sometime. Yeah. Um, we'll give it to Treats. Yeah. Gen X close second. Again, let us know if you think that we're totally off here. Um, all right. We had the... How many we got left? We had the Shady Kebab, guys. It was Shady. It was from a cart. You know? Uh-huh. I don't even know. I haven't seen a Kebab cart in my now, life in are Berlin. We getting, are we getting... I like honey. Do you want to get some honey? 
I, you want to get honey? We can go get you some honey. From, from the bees? From the bees. Go get the gift shop honey? <laughs> yeah, as a souvenir. Yeah, I like it. If we get stung in the process, it feels very on brand. Oh, we might All get right. stung. All right. It's time to talk about vitality. We're, by the way, if you're like, well, these guys are the worst at metaphors, we are. I hope you're enjoying it anyway. This is like the biggest mixed bag, not clear metaphor ever. Metaphor murderers, that's us. The bees, the honey, the sweetness. They're slowly dying. Save the bees, by the way. Um, actual vitality, though, is tied in fifth in, in that um, horrific mess of the middle of the pack. It's a beautiful mess, it's actually. It's like a train wreck that you can't look away from. Um, it's a beautiful disaster. Beautiful, beautiful disaster, you know. Um, okay. MVPs. Storm. Two people to send out for me right away are obviously self-made leader. I think Crown Shot and Lebrov have been playing their lanes amazingly the last few weeks. That's Lebrov has had I some think, super great games. SLT is definitely out of for me. SLT is not in this running for. Um, yeah, he's 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 been a role player. I think he's been solid, but yeah. I don't think it's been crazy. In their losses, he doesn't look great. I must say, things like the Renekton and the GP didn't really have the impact that perhaps you'd want from a top laner. So, uh, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. For me, it's between Lebrov, leader self-made, and I really don't know which one to choose. Um, I'm, uh, it's really hard because it's also, again, if you haven't, we're quoting stats a lot today, but it's the stats day. Just just bear with us. Um, again, vitality, vitality and wins, the stats are disgusting. And that's not a big deal. When teams yeah, are winning, their stats are better, usually. like that's, it's, not, it's like, of course, when you're winning, you're getting more kills. But when they're losing... Yeah. Their stats are into the into the ground. It's, it's like the the biggest split between winning and losing of any team in the LEC right now. Which is again, that's what makes it significant. Not the vitality are doing so well in lanes and they're doing worse in losses. Every team does better in wins and worse in losses. The, the funny thing is, this is a team that beat SK in twenty two minutes and lost to Astralis in twenty three <laughs> minutes. So it's like, dude, where where do you begin, man? Like honestly, um, <laughs> it's like but, the inside of you. There are two wolves meme. Yeah, <laughs> the leader who carries and the leader who runs it down. Well, even in the, even that loss, I think he was like against Astralis. He solo killed him, took two towers in the first his, fifty minutes. So, it's, leader is it's really it's really hard. There's actually so many players who have really incredible individual moments because this team is so much about individual players finding individual moments. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Crown shot, Lebrov two v two kill bot lane was nasty. Diving mad lines bot lane until again incredible, playing incredible. better than the G two bot lane in the in the lane phase as well. Yeah, in the, terms of swapping and the rise game from leader. Rise game from leader. Absolutely insane. Self-mids had some really solid early games. Um, yeah, I don't know. To be honest, this is one where I... I, I don't know. It's mid support. I feel support. like as a professional, we need to make a decision. But as someone who doesn't want to make this decision, I just want to ask Phil, our producer. But I don't think that's acceptable. Phil, who would you vote for in Vitality? You have choosing between uh, leader, self-made, and LeBrock. Gonna, okay. He says leader. leader. Okay. All right. Okay, who sends out to you the most? We'll have like a little unanimous thing. <sighs> okay, on. okay. I think I feel bad because I feel like I feel like LeBrov does not get enough attention and praise for how good he's playing, but I still don't think he's the MVP. So I'm I, I'm also gonna say leader. I think it's still leader. Okay, leader, leader. I mean, democracy says your vote doesn't matter. Okay, well, no, yeah, I not leader. that, and I shouldn't say that. Voting is always important. <laughs> Okay. Well, leader wins. Leader is the well, MVP. Are you of voting? Vitality. Are you voting for leader? Well, there's no point. No, no, you have to vote. No, my no, not no, say you it. have to vote. My mouth is closed. No, now. because then when the thread comes out and people are like, "You absolutely should have picked X," you're just going to be like, "Of course I was going to pick X." It's I just okay. didn't get outvoted by Phil and Dracos. Um, who is it? It's hard. It's really hard. It's really hard. Like actually, there's so many. It's really difficult. Yeah, it's self-made or leader to me. Uh, 
I, I think Lebrov's been playing really, really good, though. But Crownshot uh, has also been playing solid. Don't get me wrong. They're both really good. But I think that, I, yeah, I'm, I think it's leader. Moving on to the next oh, team. Who do we have? Who do we have as the next team? Uh, let's do another tough one. Should we do another tough one? So we've had our honey. We've had our honey. Okay. <laughs> now I'm going to take you back to my office in <laughs> okay. London. In London, bruv. <laughs> um, I guess it's the only other British team, technically. Um, so Fnatic. In my BMW. In your BMW. Ooh. United in rivalry, baby. Yeah. Let's United go. United in rivalry. That's a great hashtag, by the way. Yeah. Because it's always... Come, I meme it all the time, but I'm saying it, which means it's obviously very effective. Shout out to BMW. Good hashtag. Um, um, yeah. Fnatic. Where to start? I think Hillisang's been playing great. <laughs> Whippo roll swapped and Whippo's is doing quite well. Whippo's roll swapped pretty go going pretty Nisky well. Adam's done popping super off. Well. Nisky's like the silent carry defense apart from the Akali game. Upsets. Probably knows his stats better than I know his stats, but his stats uh, are very stats good. Are probably up there. Yeah, yeah. Phil! Phil just can't bail us out every time. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send we it. Get, we, get, we, get, we get one Phil per list. <laughs> I'm going to send it, okay? Are you ready? Yeah. I'm sending it. Ready? Hillisang. I feel like I feel like it's there an it easy out. I feel like it's an easy out. That's no, what I'm no, saying. No, it's not an easy I out. I feel like it's an Dude, easy Tarek, out. This Tarek, okay, upset in the comms. Upset was the one who said Tarek, so props to Upset. Tarek performance was great. His Brahm engaged turned nuts. His Pike was also really fun to watch. He had a couple of shaky games at the start of the split, but um, those Brahm games where he just never died were crazy because yeah, normally we got mad at Vananic. If you remember back like two years ago, uh -huh. uh, they used to pick Hilly Brahm and it was always crap compared to the Pikes and whatever other roaming support he could play. And we were always sad because not only did he die more on Brahm, he did less. But now he's doing more on Brahm and dying less on Brahm and still making it look like a Hillisang champion. Like Hillisang, whew, good split. The, the thing is, Hillisang is, is, is playing really good. But then, it, of course, that lane phase is fantastic. You know, upset Hillisang. Whippo's roll swapped. You just said it, but yeah. To me, it's um, to me, it's Hillisang. Um, Niski is like the silent-ish carry that's doing really well. Um, he he's doing, doing well. his job really well. Yeah. Um, and then Adam has had a few great games. I have yeah, to it's say. not. I don't think it's Adam. But Adam is not. Adam's not up there yet because I feel like Adam's still kind of growing into the LEC. Uh, like if you just look at his his, his matches, his, yeah, his numbers aren't always incredible. His, I mean, his, his Olaf, his Gwen, his, his Renekton, you know, they were all fantastic, you know. Um, actually, Adam is Adam is playing pretty good. Adam's playing pretty... No, it's, it's not. It's, it's, it's okay. Well, it's not Adam. I don't... I don't... Oh, I can't be... I don't think it's Blippo. Blippo's been good, though. He's been bought every time. Yeah, Adam, Adam I think, is... I think this is a great uh, debut for Adam. For um, sure. This is... And again, this is just about in the nitty-gritty of comparing him to his teammates. In the context of the league, Adam has had a fantastic debut split. Yeah, so yeah, far. definitely. Especially when you're coming into Fnatic and replacing, you know, Blippo. Oh. I think he's been playing fantastic. So I won't give it to Adam just yet, I have to say. Um... Uh, I would love to see more of Adam. I think the old after Renek and the, the Nocturne and the Gwen has all looked great. I don't think he's the real driving force behind what's giving Fnatic these leads in terms of like, he, uh, he, whether it's shot yeah. calling or getting the team. Yeah. I think it's Hillisang. I think Hillisang is, he's engaging on Brown. He's 2v1. Actually, yeah, that Hillisang where he caught the Ezreal E. Yeah, it's, it has to be Hillisang. I think it's Hillisang. It has to be Hillisang. He played Pike. I think to God me, it's, it's, it's between Ups and Hillisang. Uh, I mean, it's, their bot lane is their best players in my eyes. Um, their strongest lane is Individually? Their bot lane. Yeah, Individually. Yeah, for, for sure. Um, I, think, I think Adam's getting really, LPL really good. Bot lane, so maybe. I'm keeping my eye on Adam for this. This is the mid-split. I'm looking at Adam towards the end of the split because if he keeps ramping it up like this, he's, it's great. You know, uh, Against G2, the Renekton game was amazing. So I, love I, to see more. But for me, Hillisang. There it is. I've said it. Yeah, I think I'm inclined to agree. I think Upset's doing fantastic. I think he's limited a little bit by 
the role, but even then he's gotten to play Callista. It's similar to Han Sama where like you when, when a player gets to play Callista, you get to see their impact immediately in the game, mm-hmm. which I think is always makes it easier to talk about them as opposed to the more chill AD carries. I think um, we're pretty widespread. So if we have Hidasang, that means we have four supports. Treats Mickey Kaiser Hidasang. We have two mid laners, leader Treats tre- 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 is in and- the jungle though. Oh. Trying to roast him. Oh uh, uh, yeah, I still. Oh uh, yeah, sure. So we got yeah, we got two. Okay, we got two top laners. We got two mid laners. We got two. We don't even have. We have one jungler in treats, and we have four supports. Okay, so we got two teams left. And now that I've taken you in my BMW to the offices in London, bruv, I want to show you my pet rabbit. <laughs> so weird. His name is. Um, Oh, God, we call him. No, Ms. he has a name. He has a name. He had the the rabbit has a name. The rabbit has a name. Fidget, thank you, Phil. Fidget, God. my, my rabbit. Phone fidget. a friend, by the way, with Phil. If anyone needs a friend for like who wants to be a millionaire or whatever, Phil is your guy right now. He, this man is clutch. Fidget, fidget. okay, misfits. He's gotten a little eye patch. Sometimes so he poops on the floor out of okay. nowhere after being uh, a very is, good bunny for th- six context, months. Context, context, context. <laughs> All right, misfits. I think this one's pretty easy. I think it's top or jungle. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, Todd Jungle. I really love Hirit. Hirit's a very, very good player. I think it's Top War Jungle. I think it's Razork. I think it's Hirit. I, it has to be Razork. That, that, in, in the games where Misfits are like struggling at all, Razork is always doing things. I mean, and where are they playing towards? Oh, Kadrel. And then Gwan. who's getting the top? Who, who's, getting, who's getting all the like the resources? Paid, uh, the man I, I has say. played so much Gwen. Actually, okay. Gwen Viego. He's a, he is a you know, new champ, a little, a little bit of an abuser. Is it's, so good. Okay, so Razork's early game's been great, but he's been playing more towards top side, playing through mid to top or playing through top to mid. Um, he has insane kill participation stats God, in terms of like so getting good. his team ahead. Okay, I'll agree with you because I'm the guy that likes to to give credit to the people who set them up rather than people who like, you know, they're the ones who blow the balloon and then the other, the other guy comes in and pops it, right? They're the ones that pop off. That's my metaphor I'm going to use. So Razork <laughs> is the balloon blower. Oh my God. So I'm going to go with Razork. I think we're revealing to the world that neither of us actually have any talent. It's all a giant, it's a giant sham. Neither yeah. of us are that clever. <laughs> yeah, we're both stupid. Oh, so dumb. No, I'm going to say, uh, I'll, I'll agree with you. I'll say Razork. Because Hirit, um, Hirit, they're playing towards Hirit. He's getting fun on a lot I, of resources. I think he's been doing great with the resource he's been given. But Razork is the... Um, yeah, Razork's Hirit, I, wanna, I could honestly do a whole episode where we talk about Hirit. I think Hirit is very good. I think Hirit yeah. was the shining light last season. Yeah, but I do give... think in the... Con- and if we could give... He's our secondary one, just like Gen X was a secondary on Treats or any of the other ones where we couldn't really decide. Because Hirit is incredible. Hirit is one of the best top laners in the league right now. And I am not confident enough in my knowledge of top lane to make a top lane list right now. But he is top five. I'm almost 100% sure. Yeah, I wish we could give more context on these things, but we're just quick hitting it. I would agree with Razork. I think Harriet is probably one of the best top laners in the league right now, but I'm not sure if that's because of how they're playing the game to to facilitate that, or if it's because of the new champions, no, the meta, whether he's gotten better as a hear player. It, it, or, I, I mean, believe, he was their best player in spring, right? So. He was their best player in spring. The TP's bot lane, the crazy Renekton kills and outplays. Hirit is an incredible player. Mm-hmm. There is no doubt in my mind that like, Yes, some of what Hirat is doing is the product of the meta, and some of it is that he's getting to play really powerful champions. But Hirat is really great. I don't want to take away from him in that capacity. I just wanted to put that in context when thinking about what Razork is doing as well. And I... How do we put Razork? He's a normal number two jungler. Can we really yeah. not put him MVP? Put, put Razork. Put Razork. I think it's Razork. Yeah, Razork. Put Razork. Razork. I agree with Razork. So now I've driven you in my BMW to the yeah. London office's bruv, and I've shown you my bunny rabbit. Yeah. What was his name? Fidget. Fidget. Now I'm going to take you over to my PC. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm playing some TBC. Who? World of Warcraft. Who? Yeah. Who? You know what class I chose? I bet you. I bet I, I do. Yeah. You want to level tell me? seventy rogue? Who? Rogue. There's the oh, metaphor. Yeah. 
Uh, by the way, if you play Rogue and backstab, PvP, backstab. I hate you. Ambush. Cheap shot. Cheap I, would, shot. I got so... For the few years that I got Vanish. so completely addicted to WoW that I could never play Mind again. Rogue's, poison. Rogue's just Crippling absolutely poison. blasted me. Stop. Sap Stop. Blind. Stop. Stop. I don't want to... I don't. Please. Never again. Never want to think about trying to fight a Rogue backstab. again. I by just, the one who I love. So that was a song about the Rogue. That was a song about Rogues. Yeah, there was Rogue involved. In was it? Was song. it? Wait. Backstab by the one who I love most. Was that a Rogue reference to a Rogue in WoW to reference Rogue in League? Um, no it wasn't it was a song about reckless so no but we did have i don't remember if the bars made it into one of the rap battles we had a lot of wow rogue references kidney shot by the one who I no we most. had we had all the clients the... how am i supposed <laughs> to cope Stop. oh this crippling poison i can't move oh my god sorry that was eviscerate. terrible sorry to hear this <laughs> you're rogue <laughs> you can eviscerate my heart we can do a eviscerate <laughs> i don't know if the riot games will appreciate that crossover but um... all right rogue uh inspired it's inspired yeah it's inspired he's the best jungler in the league his numbers yeah. are disgusting his performances are incredible he plays new stuff like the fiddlesticks he's innovative he he is incredible and Even he's everyone and if you don't if you don't value our opinion you know everyone already says that inspires like the best jungler in the well, league by far watch the games and you can form your own opinion yeah. but if you have a different opinion you don't think inspires like good let us know because i would be curious if you actually have good arguments don't just be like i think inspired sucks like if you have good arguments and good clips to make your argument i would love to hear them because yeah. so far every single human being i have talked to and every clip i have looked at is just like damn inspired there's a lot of good evidence to back it up oh my god I just turned the thing up there's, there's a lot of evidence to back it up and also if you watch your games yourself um he's so efficient he's so creative i think there was this one game where he was playing against the diana jungle and he knew diana would start raptors go to Krugs and then go to red what did he do he did red ran around jumped over the drake pit and forced him off the um um their red buff her own red buff so yep. there's innovation he's also shows in the champions of the fiddle i sticks. think um he clutched the game out against misfits He's always consistent. He's really missed consistent definition of the league. Um, best jungler in the league. Yeah. In so, part. in general, outside of Larson, who's been noted, close. He's been, Hans is up Trimby's there. Trimby's close. Odawamne has been doing good. And that's the thing. Oh, I, no. That's the player I want to mention. That's the player I want to mention right now is Trimby. Because I think people have acknowledged that Odo's good. Shout out to Odo. It doesn't always show in the MVP votes, but I think people respect Odo a lot as a top top laner. Hans Sama, clearly fighting for number 180 carrying the league. Do you want to know a fun stat about Hans Sama? Sure. Just, I'm not going to give you context. I'm going to just throw it out there. His average gold difference to the enemy AD carry at 15 minutes, 1.1k gold on average yeah, yeah, in, that's, in nine games. That's the Callista gap right yeah, there, baby. That's and, and obviously, he's also playing very well. Um, so you can probably form the context on your own. Trimby. I need to talk about Trimby just a little bit because, yes, yeah. it is still... Rogue is still the inspired team, and it is a team full of great players, which also helps set up inspired to look better. Don't get me wrong. Um, it's definitely easier to play the game when your team is excellent as laners the growth uh, of trimby is amazing the growth of trimby is incredible mechanically he is one of the best supports in our league easily if not the best in a lot of these circumstances he every single little mechanical trick that people talk about that the people only get in some stage games he hits he yeah, nautilus stuns he nautilus hooks every alistair out of their combo he not he rel no, he, stuns he, every he, alistair he hooks every leona out of their e to stop leona the out of the e he thank stuns you every alistair. stuns every alistair really with the rel his galio game his Blitzcrank against G2. His Galio game was was so incredibly clean. Uh -huh. He played the team fights flawlessly. He saved his taunts for the right time. He let, and the old like again, we were talking about this on cast. The only time Humanoid killed anyone was the only time Trimby was not in the area. You know what I mean? And that's natural. Galio absolutely just makes Akali's life miserable. But every other time we've seen that kind of counter, it's been like, eh. It's been all right. It's been solid. Even in some games, it's been pretty good. But can man. we can we give the award to two people? I really think Trimby no, deserves it. No, we can't. Well. I can't. Trimby deserves more love. Trimby deserves a bigger shout out. I feel like we always 
we talk about Mickey X Hillisang first, and they have that history and they have that pedigree, and I think they deserve that attention. I think Kaiser is the next guy that we always look at after that. Limit had some showings last season; he was one, but I think Trimby needs to be in that top three discussion. Oh yeah, when you look at one hundred percent, I think it's him, him and Kaiser. Let's call it like the EU Support Hall of Fame right now. There's probably a lot of names in there, but Mickey X and Hillisang are in there, right? No doubt in my mind. The name that I would like say is like the person trying to fight to get in there right now is Trimby. He's like, oh, he's in there, I think. I, I mean, how, I think he needs a little bit more time for sure. Okay, yeah, in terms of like um, experience and name and, and history, stuff, sure. yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like Kaiser's won a split now, which is obviously a big deal. But in Kaiser's terms of there. performance, he's yeah, he's incredibly up there, incredible. Um, but we're gonna give it to Inspired, I guess. Then, but massive shout out to Trimby, one hundred percent. I think you hit yep. the nail on the head. Um, mechanical plays, team fights, lane phase, everything is just beautiful to watch. Um, Hans obviously right next to him, yep. playing just as good. Their bot lane is absolutely stacked. Their jungler stacked. Larson's been having a quiet split. Odoamne has been. We'll doing he's had, he's yeah. had some he's good games. Decent. He's been playing decent he's games. Been, he's been, been doing games. his job. You know, the cannon performances especially stick out in my the mind. The Nocturne game, the Nocturne performance Nocturne. against Mad, it was unplayable for him. Um, that said, we now need to talk about M that MVP that was a bit for the strong. league. That was unplayable. Yeah, unplayable. Yeah, well, Armak got booty blasted that entire game. A booty dude. blasted. He got absolutely <laughs> destroyed, dude. Okay, now we're going to talk about the MVP, probably the mid-season MVP for the whole league. It's not going to surprise people. It's inspired. You're going to, unless you say, if you say anything else, you're going to have to come in with a strong argument. I think it has to be. It's inspired. Like, Rogue are number one right now. And obviously, MVP is the player who, without them, their team would look the most different, most valuable player, not just the best player. Um, but to me, Inspired is, I think Inspired is in the discussion for one of the best players in the league right now. And it feels to me, if he's the best MVP on Rogue, who look like the best team right now, then he should be the MVP of the league. That's my, that's my read. I don't know what you're feeling. Yeah, I think close candidates, if you're looking at... The thing is, if you look at the MVP of the league, I'm looking at the same people on the team, right? I think... I know we've just done MVPs of each team, but I think that Rogue has MVP players in three different roles. That's the struggle. So, like, Hans and Trimby are definitely up there, but if we're doing MVP of each team as the midseason MVP, I would agree it's inspired. But then, like, Hillisang's up there, Kaiser's up there, I think, as well. Razork's sure. definitely up there. But in terms of Rogue, I think if Inspired's the MVP, which I I agree, midseason MVP, probably Inspired. I think Trimby and Hans are right behind him. Um, I think Hillisang... Yeah. Kaiser and, and um, Razork are right behind him as well. Yeah, and some some things about midseason, and again, there's no trophy here, and we'll talk about who we believe is the full season MVP at the end of the year when we get to do awards and voting. But the problem, and one of the beautiful things, the best and worst things about any kind of MVP discussion is always the um, subjectivity that comes with defining what an MVP is for you. And the, the league has not defined it for one reason or another. I like it because it leaves more room for discussion, but it also leaves more room for frustration because I think... There can only be one MVP on a team. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, I think if you're voting for MVP and you put two rogue players on there, like, I think that, like, I think that's kind of, I think that's like there's one most valuable player on rogue. And it's not like if that guy doesn't win, then like the next guy in line gets up and takes the spy. That feels weird to me. But that's like, that's my personal preference. On no, I think it's an, it's an opinion based award, especially midseason because yeah. it's not an actual award. I think I agree. Yeah, inspired. I think uh, best performing player um, in the jungle, especially. Probably one of the best players in the league. Yeah, 100%. Um, efficiency in the way he jungles the way he sees opportunities the amount of time he doesn't waste around objectives he's always ahead and especially just from my experience we'll just throw it out there last year he was by far one of the best one of the hardest jungles to play against yeah. uh, alongside self-made in yankos in that era he's the one that sticks out to me um i think he's probably one of the biggest driving forces behind how rogue get their wins along with the bot lane larson a little bit as well last bit for sure and Adoamne has his, his moments when the team finally decides to play towards top lane. <laughs> but yeah. they're always going to play towards bot lane if For you sure. watch their, their games. Yeah, uh, 100% agree. So to recap, overall, 
inspired the winner. Also the winner for Rogue. For SK, we gave it to Treats. Gen X close second. Shalka was Broken Blade. No contest. Astralis, White Knight. Bam. Easy. XL, Nuke Duck. Vitality, Leader. That one was highly debated, but we ended on Leader. G2, Mickey X. Mad Lion, Kaiser. Humanoid also on the list, but not quite able to get there. Fnatic was Hillisang. Upset right next to him. There was a big debate there, but Hillisang ultimately winning out. Misfits going to Razork. And again, last but not least, Rogue inspired. We have no AD carries. We have no AD carries. Wow. We should we should think more about that. Maybe we should... You know what? Let's talk to Upset. We'll just call Upset soon and talk to Upset about AD carries. He's a good AD carry. He almost made this list. Maybe bring another AD carry on. Spontaneous episode planning. Phil loves when I do this and we announce and commit things to the public without being yeah, sure that they can happen. Phone out there. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just call him on the spot. Hey, why do AD carries suck? Uh, <laughs> no, because I would love to know. Like, maybe we're not looking at the right metrics. It's entirely possible that I have a blind spot here, but... To me, it feels like... I think AD, the reason is because AD carry is fallen. I would say, let's take the meta as, as an example, okay? Yeah. So you thought you think of MSI, you think of Kai'Sa, then you know, Gala having pop-up performances as well. Sure. Ghost even got a pentacle, I think it was. Kai's got nerfed a lot. Now you look at the AD carry pool. Varus, Poke Varus, can you really make insanely good plays or carry your team on Poke Varus? Well, you can, sure. yeah, with DPM and stuff like that. I think the thing is they just don't look good. Like, exactly. when you win a fight as Poke Varus, it is landing two Qs. That's you winning a fight. Landing one is a good fight. Landing two is, wow, an MVP performance because that's where that champion's damage comes from. It's just not pretty. It's not flashy. Yeah, and flashy is one way to look at it 100%, but also just looking at the lane phase of the champions themselves. Varus... The reason Varus is so strong, he just automatically wins every lane in a sense. You, yeah. you out-trade people with the right support, and that's the reason it was such higher priority, because not only does it have poke for neutral objectives, it also is really strong in lane. So you can attribute the champion to that. Yes, you can apply that to top lane with Gwen and Viego as well. But just in the context of AD carry, Varus 100% up there. Kai's has been nerfed a lot, so it's hard to actually have that kind of impact the, a lot want. of the flashier Callista is really and the reason is is like Han Sama and Upset were both names that we were considering as the two players who have been busting out the Callista all the time. And Callista is one of the few exceptions, I think, to the current AD yep. carry pool where it's easy to get, let's say, an MVP performance because you need to, you are set up to win early. And then when you do it, you have to keep winning um, with that champion. And don't get me wrong, when you have a lead with Callista, she's very, very powerful, but it's a very clear way to see how strong a player is. I but think. also you have to look at the context of the Callista as well. Uh, if your team's good around like, playing around the Callista, then also yeah. you're going ahead. But we've seen Callistas that fall behind. You know, we, we have Neon who fell behind on the Callista. Patrick didn't have that great of a game. But then you look at, you know, Karzi hands and upset who have these insane Callista points. Oh, yeah, it's always well, easy too. to attribute like, wow, um, the Callista actually has impact. You can give notoriety and MVP to the AD carry. And obviously they'll have high DPM numbers uh, and all these crazy stats to actually attribute that uh, in terms of the context. So I think AD carry will definitely start to rise as the season progresses because I think things like Aphelios are now really strong alongside Thresh. Jinx is also rising up. Uh, Ezreal as well was slightly rising. will fall off a little bit more as well. Uh, but then Tristana and Callista, the only real AD carries you can look at as these playmaking AD carries get your team ahead to merit an MVP performance. Yep. Um, but whereas other roles, you know, support, uh, jungle and mid, much more impact. AD carries Basically, the, the reason this whole discussion is AD carries have the lowest impact in the game, I think. They're just kind of like reliability bots where they'll try to be proactive. Um, unless they're on things like Tristana, Kai'Sa, Kalista. Yeah. They're more of like a stability champion. Um, and for sure, if you're playing Jinx, don't flash in and try to look at these crazy plays. But if you're playing Tristana, Kalista, yes, do that. But we're only think, really seeing that from Kalista these yeah. days. And I think it's just they are always going to be, for the most part, outside of the Kalista. Yeah, as you said, they're the stability. They're the source of reliable, consistent damage. They are... I think probably I ideally for most of these champions the least source of variance in a game. I think it's a really long discussion, which yeah, I would we, love we to don't have, have time. One day. To, I think that yeah. basically, if you're not playing Kai'Sa, Kalista, Tristana, it's hard to merit the fact. If you that play you're a an champion that can 
make plays and you make a lot of plays aggressively and early, you know, back in like the 2019 meta, it was easier to talk about 80 carries as, as MVPs because it was just so flashy and it was so constant fighting. And Karzy stands out to my mind, hands stand out in the mind, yeah, people it, trying to do these things, but yeah. Another we discussion. We didn't get an 80 carry. Another but the players on our team are just too good. That's And you can let us know if you think we, we robbed someone. Uh, let us know your thoughts as well on 80 carries and why maybe you think that they're worth more or less than we, uh, than we do in the current meta and in the current scheme of competitive League of Legends. But that's going to be it for us. Congrats to Inspired for winning our totally made-up mid-season MVP award. Um, we'll see if you can keep it up in the second half. But for now, the team currently contesting Rogue in first place is none other than Misfits. And we have a chance to sit down with their head coach, Candy Floss. Let's do it. Let's do it. It is now my distinct pleasure to welcome Candy Floss live and in person from Misfits, behind the scenes, the man, the myth, the legend, the... Um, potential architect the puppet master of this incredible misfit start i don't know how much credit to give you so i'm just going to give it all to you and then if you want to pass it to anyone else you can it's literally all this man he's done everything solo the players that you see playing on stage not as important it's candy floss he's the guy you need to be talking about anyway sorry <laughs> he always does see dramatic openings where he's like i've got cajun next week the least in player top 50 challenger and then he proceeds to just flame me the whole yeah day. well yeah but i'm not gonna flame you because again i i think what i would love to know is introduce yourself man what well, one first off welcome to the show um congrats on misfits incredible start so far um yeah and, and tell us a little bit about you a little bit about your history and kind of what you do on on misfits uh so I just recently joined uh, Misfits in November and I was the assistant coach in spring and I recently got the promotion to head coach for summer. So I'm the head coach obviously of, of Misfits and I've been in the League of Legends scene coaching for a while now, I think three years. Uh, actually my first coaching position was coaching Cadrill. Yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, in uh, Ninjas in Pajamas when I was still at university. And uh, just, I'm really happy with how we're doing at Misfits and we want to keep uh, keep it up. Yeah, I remember the first team that I roll swapped from jungle, uh, from mid to jungle, and I played in a few teams and then we went to this EU Masters tournament uh, and Candy was the coach and he was like coaching us really well. And I was surprised because you were a player for a while, weren't you? You were a jungler, you played on some not so big names, but like, you know, in the UK scene. Um, and then you transition into a coaching role because you had like your degree going on, didn't you? Mm -hmm. And you're like part-time, but you finished your degree now, haven't you? Yeah, I I was playing only solo queue and then I realized you can actually win a lot of money playing uh, like LAN events, especially at the time there was UK LAN events. Uh, I went to one with Cajal. I said like, hey, there's a lot of money. I think it was we like 10,000 pounds. <laughs> and uh, well, we should we should win this money because it's really easy and uh that's how i got into playing a bit whilst i was still at university yeah and uh yeah what was it you were studying uh, i did uh business and economics for my undergraduate mm -hmm. and i did uh management for my master's degree yeah. it's rare that anyone in esports finishes a degree and also plays league of legends i feel like those two things it's also just rare that anyone finishes a degree in esports <laughs> so i feel like i'm always surprised and i'm like you have a college education who like <laughs> do you know what industry you're in who are you yeah <laughs> overachiever especially, especially like when most players kind of started like 17 18 you know they kind of veer off that path from yeah, like you know very rapidly studying and stuff but you've coached ninjas in pajamas uh, Gamers Origin, Mouse, and then straight to Misfits. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, so a lot of teams you've been coaching over the last three years. And Mouse, really successful run in the Prime League. Uh, EU Masters wasn't as successful, right? Yeah, well, we had a roster that we wanted to get first place with. We, we had Leader, and now we have uh, we had the Astralis bot lane, Jessica and Promise Q. Uh, we had some really great players on that team. Uh, the goal was to get first place in EU Masters. We came up against Rogue. 
who was an amazing team at the time. So we fell short. I think that's the one thing that I always wanted to do was win EM Masters. And I went to the event, I think, five times and never, never won it. So one thing. I mean, cl close for sure. But I mean, consolation prize. You're now the head coach of an LEC team. So I would say pretty good. Not an EU Masters trophy, but yeah. I would hope I would hope that that's going pretty well. That's and a, it seems to be. That's a pretty quick transition, though, from like going from EU Masters to winning in the uh, kind of national leagues and then straight into the LEC. You, were, you said you were the assistant coach for Misfits and Misfits last split came like seventh or eighth, you know, tied around there. They didn't make playoffs. What was the difference coming into summer? Because it's the same roster, just you're now the only person who's kind of changed into the head coach role. Did you change the dynamics of the team, the style? Was there more of like the you factor in draft and the way the team played the game? I think that we were on an upwards trend towards the end of spring. So we had like a good foundation to work with because we were three and eight. And then I started to take, to take a bigger role in spring uh, already. And then it started to turn around uh, quite well. And we brought in also a new assistant coach, Sani, who's been a really big help to me. Uh, he's always there to support me with everything that I need. And um, I think the main difference is that we are closer as a team outside the game. And then this has allowed me to do my job better because I can uh, have those difficult conversations with the players and we can just argue about, you know, you, you've hinted here <laughs> and, and then we reach the conclusions, obviously in a more healthy, healthy manner, but yeah. we can have those difficult conversations. And then uh, at the end of the day, we know we're all friends and we're all working towards the common goal that we want to make playoffs first and then try to make it to Worlds, which is going to be difficult. But I think this has been a really big help for us. And then as well, at the beginning of the split, I think we had a really good read on the meta. We picked up some wins with the OP champions that people <laughs> were not playing yet. Uh, so that's been uh, some of the big changes. Got to take every shot you can get. Um, definitely. And those champions, we've talked about them a lot on the desk. Yeah, <laughs> Just yeah, so yeah. Broken some, some of them are like actually ludicrously broken. And and for you so far, I mean, it's been it's been a pretty good run, right? It hasn't been it hasn't been perfect. We. The G2 game, obviously, skin of your teeth. I think that you won that game. <laughs> that but was, we, that I, was nuts. We, like, we take those. Um, yeah, let's, let's start with the G2 game. I have more follow-up questions, but I'm actually curious what that experience was like from you. We had an interview with, with VTO I, um, and Ashley where they're talking a little bit about what those final moments are like. But as someone who gets to like, who has to sit there and cannot participate in that moment, but just has to watch your team and like cross your fingers and pray what is that experience like backstage when you go from like probably pretty convinced that the game is over and you're just watching a g2 victory lap to like holy shit we just won the game yeah so we're uh, we're sitting in the coach's room and we have a five minute delay they got mountain mountain soul they got 12k gold lead to inhibs and i'm like shit we, we lost this zero two week what am i gonna say to the guys at the end to like bring them up yeah and then they come into the room and they say, we won. I'm like, no, you didn't. <laughs> no, <laughs> no you, didn't. you didn't win. And they're like, we won. I was like, no, just it's not funny, guys. Oh, and then, no. then we had to sit down and watch it because we didn't believe that they'd won. But uh, yeah, it, it was amazing feeling, obviously. But uh, the bad part was that we won not because of us playing good, but because they made the mistake. We took the opportunity and we pounced on it, but 
uh, we know that we have a lot of things we we can still improve. Yeah, what is the what is the what is the focus like in the coming weeks? Obviously, a really solid first round Robin being tied with Rogue in first place right now. But are there clear things right now that you think like is there a clear path forward for Misfits when it comes to improvement? Even though you are currently standing at the top of the table. Yeah, you could see that against some of the top teams we've had tough games against Mad, uh, the Rogue one as well. I think that was our game, but we just uh, weren't disciplined enough. We made some silly mistakes in the early game, which which cost us. And the good thing is that these things are easily fixable. We've identified what the problems are, and we have like a clear path moving forwards of how we want to play, how we want to improve together as a team. Yeah, because last bit you guys had eight wins. Now you have seven already at the halfway point. So yeah. making playoffs is probably on the cards, I presume. Like that's that's probably likely to happen at this point. <laughs> yeah, I, hope I don't want to. I don't want to jinx <laughs> it you, for Gabe, you because <laughs> in my experience, you. you're not qualified. Uh, I'm not qualified. You're definitely to say not. That. You're not qualified. Yeah, in my experience, just sometimes you just can't cross the line. It's like right in front of you, but you just fall over. But I presume that the um, the the notion of the team and the expectations on the team and the way that you guys see yourselves as a team is that you are a top team. Is that is that kind of the, the vibe you get is it from the players? Yeah, I, I think we are one of the top teams, but what I'm saying to my players at the moment, they need to stay humble because we are first place, but in reality, we haven't achieved anything as a team. Uh, it's only halfway through the split. Last uh, last uh, spring, we were seventh place, so we we still need to prove it. And seven wins doesn't really really mean anything until we're at least secured for the playoffs. I think like the magic number to get the playoffs is usually nine wins but we need to get 10 wins secure the playoffs and then we'll start thinking about the next step yeah i can tell you from my experience nine wins is definitely the magic number eight was the one that i was my favorite number oh my god it always comes to you you get mad at us when we roast you about not making playoffs but you can't help yourself you have to bring it up too yeah eight is just eight is just the magic it's, it, nine is magic number eight oh, is the number is going to curse me forever i think um, yeah but just a small fun fact from knowing you for a while um the last, ever since what season was it that you were you've been challenger in solo queue many people might not know this as a coach but you were actually like an ex-pro you were really high in the solo queue ladder so you have a lot of game knowledge in terms of being a player mm -hmm. you were a challenger for like six seasons in a row yeah. non-stop or seven was it six seasons six seasons in a row which i think is really impressive the only at university as well at university yeah while doing degree yeah and there's only like a couple of players who have that there's like kire and reckless i think Kedro as well. barely made challenger with three full days of streaming a week that's like 30 hours 40 hours of games yeah no that, that wasn't pretty but i'm on my climb now. i know you are actually i'm just trying to give you crap but you didn't you did good no that's really cool and that's an interesting angle that i think um you know some coaches are going to have that former pro player experience some coaches aren't how do you think that um this has kind of affected the way that you coach does it does it help the way you approach conversations is it just that casual tone of hey you ended here you know what i mean or is, is there like more that you feel like you can bring as a more of a game expert than let's say like some of the head coaches who are more focused on let's say traditional sports structure rather than league of legends and the specific things that go with league of legends yeah i think it's obviously been a big help because if you spend i don't know like 10 tens of thousands of hours playing league you're obviously gonna know more than other people who didn't play at a high level and just having that player's perspective being able to relate to them more has been a big help uh, with with the coaching and that's what I was primarily focused on when I started coaching and I think I'm learning more about how to be a coach recently and uh, not just to do with the game knowledge so I think I had a really good foundation because of being a player and now I'm uh, expanding my skills outside of the game knowledge 
uh, dealing with the players uh, just like a traditional coach would. And speaking of traditional coaches in general, I know there's this thing on your Twitter and stuff like this, or just in general in the social media presence, you like Coach Cartwright and stuff like this. Is that to do with basketball and stuff, right? Yeah. Is there some kind of like things you take from there or mindsets you implement into your own coaching? Well, in basketball, my one of the inspirations to me is a coach called Nick Nurse. He's the coach of the Toronto Raptors. And something that's inspiring to me about him is that he coached in the lower leagues for 20, 30 years, and he just kept going, kept going and never gave up. And eventually he became head coach in the NBA and won championship in his first year. And as well, uh, he's not afraid to think outside the box. He's really innovative. And I think a lot of teams are sticking to the meta uh, like exclusively. So I, I really appreciate that quality of innovation, creativity. Nice. Dang. I mean, I like it. And obviously you have some more innovative or unique players on your team, right? Like here, it's certainly got a lot of opportunities to go in. I won't call it innovation. <laughs> That's just kind of power. But Razzik was one of the first big adapters of things like the fiddlesticks. Obviously, I has always loved the Echo, whether it's been super great in meta or not. So what is, I, I don't want you to give away. I mean, I do want you to give away picks, but I know that you shouldn't. But like, is that something that we can expect more of from Misfits moving in? Obviously, 11-13 is a new patch. At some point, we're going to be on 14. Whatever the hell playoffs is going to be on, I have no idea. Is that something that you you said you value? It? Is that something you really push with your players? Is like find those niche picks, find those unique angles that other people aren't going to think of? Yeah, I'm I'm always trying to think of new picks. And right now, we, we have something spicy cooking up. Might <laughs> might be uh That's what I like to hear. Might be used this week, maybe next week, we'll see. Uh but especially when you go into the best of fives, assuming we make it there, uh you need to be able to bring out some crazy strategies because you go in first game and then you play some composition that they've never seen before. You win with it, then they need to ban it. Then you're just at a huge advantage for the rest of the series. So um yeah we are we are thinking of uh some some new picks and it's possible that they will be played soon yeah and i think the teams kind of get comfortable sometimes you know when they're on a meta state and they're winning games they're like okay well the meta just suits us really well we don't really need to change anything we're just going to stick to what we do and then as the patches come on we'll change things but i think the idea of exploring things and being creative while also winning and staying humble is really important because if you look at like g2 uh, in their success in international events you know flexing everything yeah. being able to play everything well innovating champions for sure right and i think that like it's a lot you, you kind of listed off like five things back to back very casually hey being able to win while also innovating while also keeping up like it's, it's, a, lot just, of it's a lot of juggling yes all of those things are good and i think the fact that league of legends is a game that unlike basketball or whatever right is literally the more the meta is for it's forced evolution every two weeks by patch note right so to then try to add more on top of that to try to innovate more past just what the game essentially dictates for you or to find what's best on those patches i think is like impressive and also just sounds incredibly difficult that said potentially a team that you might want to use some of that against is uh rogue who you'll be playing this week rematch the the rematch first game in the second round robin like how, how are you feeling about this one right now because you said that was your last time you guys played that was your game you felt like you guys kind of threw that one away so what are your thoughts heading into into the rematch this time around well in spring we we got smashed by them so <laughs> Uh, the game in summer was a was a good start, and yeah, as I said, we we had the game. We made a mistake. Uh, I think we're the underdogs going in still, 
because Rogue is for me the best team by far right now in in LEC and it's going to be a challenge and we just need to rise to that challenge maybe think of some of those spicy strategies to play against <laughs> them take them off guard and uh, I think we're in a good position as a team right now we're comfortable uh, and we just need to keep pushing ourselves to get better you think Rogue is by far and above the best team in the league right now? Is that from scrims on stage, just the way they play the game is like... Because when people watch the game as a viewer, it's there's like these memes where it's just boring because they play just so well that in the early game and they just get such big leagues. Sometimes they throw it, but it just looks like no matter what, Rogue's early game is just... It's just their the string, strongest point. Yeah, I think right now they're the best team. Obviously that can change. It's only halfway through. Um, I see them as someone that we're looking up to still, even though we're equal in standings. Uh, we can learn a lot from them and it's always when we play against them in scrims and in the official games, we're learning a lot. I think that uh, Inspired is really incredible player and then they have just great carry players to complement him and that's making things easier for them. Mm -hmm. uh, but right now, the other top teams... I think they're a bit behind. Uh, G2 obviously are struggling uh, with their consistency. And then MAD, they could be the best team again. But I think they've had really tricky time with coming back from MSI, then having the 28 days of quarantine. Yeah. So <laughs> I, can't, I can't fault them for not being at the top of the standings. Uh, and at the end of the day, it's just the regular season. We know that when it gets into the playoffs, everyone's going to kick it up a gear. Mm -hmm. So lots of things can change. But for now, uh, Rogue is the best team for me. Yeah, and I think we can see, and I think it's something that we've we've talked about before and ready to see how that evolves. But regardless of all the praise that you've laid on them, good luck in yeah. your match versus Rogue this week. You guys are also uh, matching up against the Strahls on Saturday. Maybe. Stop saying the, the schedule keeps changing. The schedule's getting changed to adjust for this this new players being the studio thing, which is obviously very exciting. So we'll see what we're casting. Last time we were a little too eager yeah. and ended up not casting the games that we were talking about. But um, thank you so much for joining us, Candy Floss, and, and good luck on the week, man. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Thanks again to Candy Floss. Excited to see what Misfits can do this weekend. I'm going to speak quickly now because. So I'm going to wrap code. Let's go. We're just, uh, I'm going to be honest, we went a little bit too long on every single segment today. So at the. The, but the penalty wish being loomed over my head, which I mean, I'm ha like at a certain point, they they can tune into your stream if they want to watch oh, it. You know what I mean? Ooh. At a certain point, we're we're just not making good content if we can't structure it. That's what I'll say. I know a lot of people are a fan of the two hour podcast, but there's a reason we structure it and try to keep it shorter. It's because we get worse the longer we go. Hopefully, you enjoy the podcast today. Week five is coming up. Misfits is noted are playing Rogue. They're also playing Astralis, but Rogue versus Misfits has a hype game. Cadre will pick one game i'm gonna give you ask you actually screw it i'm not gonna involve you at all because if i give you time you're gonna talk more what the hell nope g2 uh, rogue g2 rogue one sentence summary what's gonna happen poggers poggers that's all we need all right next most exciting game fanatic misfits rogue misfits Ro uh, backstabbed by the one kidney shot rogue kidney shot the First rabbit place yeah 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 that kidney rabbit, shot rabbit. <laughs> that rabbit so it's just gonna be like you know just like quick next stab just like <laughs> sorry candy floss you were a great interview candid uh vitality versus fanatic last game i'm super hyped for what do you think one sentence i'm so hyped 
for this game, Dracos. Um, I think there's a lot to talk about, uh, and I'd love to do it now. You know, you got self made versus Quipo. <laughs> no. no, I'm super excited. <laughs> it's going to be a banger. Week five is coming up. Apologies for the rushed finish to the episode. We're incredibly excited about week five. We'll be sure to spend a little bit more time talking about what happens in the next episode. For now, this has been season eight, episode five, Misfits Manage. We'll be back next Backstab week with episode the one, six. One I've been Dracos. That's Cadrill. We'll see you guys next week. Also this Friday. See ya. Bye.